0: This week's episode is brought to you by your local auto glass repair shop, who guarantee their work in less time than it took the Anaheim ice crew. Sack it it, takes it, scores! Joe what? Oh! And after 22 years, good morning, good afternoon, or I'm Steph House, and you're locked into the Mile High Hockey Podcast for, well, it's, it's for Monday, January 23rd, 2017, but we're pushing it early this week. Coming up on the show, we keep things short because I'm coughing my head off and these guys have stuff to do, but there's been excitement and moments of watchability, plus Spencer Martin and a whole host of other shenanigans, but before we play the whoosh, let's introduce you to some audience voices for the week. Say hello to Earl06, Harold. Hey, Good morning. And say hello to Ryan Murphy. Yo. So let's start with something good. Uh, Joe Sakic and Uwe Krupp were inducted into the IHF Hall of Fame on Tuesday. Please clap. There are a couple of others, of course, but those two are the ones I primarily associate as abs, at least. There was, like, Taman Solani and a couple other guys who've been here briefly. So that happened. Uh, but this week in abs, on Tuesday, Colorado opened up a three-game road stretch in Denver against the Blackhawks and dropped a fun 164 4 Matt Duchesne scored a pair, and backup came from Blake Como and Matt Nieto, who is from Long Beach, don't you know? It has to be frustrating to get four goals in today's NHL and be tanked by an 808 save percentage behind you. Because after that game, it's kind of come out that Moimov continues to have a nagging injury, and the Avs called up one Spencer Martin, but one step at a time. On Thursday, Avs fall 2-1 in Anaheim to the Ducks. Gabe Land, opened up the scoring on a power play goal, and then five minutes later, Eric Jelenaugh broke the glass, and that was the end of the second. They brought out glass, it didn't fit, they left, they cut, they measured, they came back out, they measured, they left, they cut, they brought out a pane of glass that did not fit, and we took intermission. I didn't hear yakety-sacks on the uh, on the PA system, but I should have.
1: Nor the Jeopardy song.
0: Calvin Pickering had a tremendous first period, stopping 22 of 22, but ultimately it wasn't enough. So tonight, Colorado traveled to San Jose for an obscenely late start against the Sharks because you can't play... In, on a Saturday in San Jose without them saying, eh, let's start it at 30. And Spencer Martin's on schedule to make his first NHL start. Who is excited to see this? I am. Avalanche fan should all be.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, you know, we've been kind of waiting for this for a while. I think this is his fourth call-up, and he hasn't gotten into a game even just for a couple minutes or anything yet. But, Almost at one time. <laughs> yeah, almost. He was over the boards, but never actually saw a puck in anger.
1: Um, yeah, but he's been ready ever since.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I, I've watched him now for the better part of a year and a half, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm kind of dying to see how he's going to stack up against NHL competition.
1: I'm interested in seeing any NHL goalie besides the two we've had all year.
2: <laughs> Come Hopefully. on, Calvin was good last game one game <laughs> you just see that that's a, the 22 shots he stopped in the first period were an NHL <laughs> high in one period for the season yeah if that was extraordinary yeah
1: yeah but uh his save percentage throughout the year has been rather subpar and I'm interested in seeing what the avalanche look like with any other goalie right now I you know yeah. just it, it not you know, just to see any goalie. I want to evaluate the team and figure out what the problem really is.
0: One of the uh, odds this is our Spencer control Martin comes in and uh, has a first few games of Calvin Pickard run and just goes crazy.
2: I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, last year, at the end of the year, the the Rampage had lost. I don't. Know, I mean, they they had gone you know several. I think six weeks without a win in regulation. <clears throat> and he comes in and, and pitches two shutouts in three games after being in the ECHL all spring. So the precedent is there for him to move up a level and look good. Um, this is quite, quite a jump compared to that, but I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he, if he made a really good showing.
1: Yeah. I mean, not unlike a Calvin Pickard, he was very used to seeing a lot of shots and making a lot of saves, uh, you know, in his minor league career. So, uh, you know uh, it, it might be slightly reduced at the NHL level. He may actually see fewer shots.
0: Well it's
2: a tough ball. The the rampager is so back and forth. They'll give up thirty nine one night and then twenty one the next and you never really know what what's gonna happen there. So perfect training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he, he's is he's like a Semyon
1: Varlamov where he's like better when he sees more shots.
2: I mean, his save percentages. I mean, if you're going to give up four goals, you may as well do it on 39 shots, not 17. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, but yeah, I you know, I I, I think this is you know if, if Barry's not going to be around again, um, you know, they're <laughs> You know the the uh, the defense. It was a little questionable last game, obviously, but somehow it, it ended up limiting the ducks to <clears throat> one real goal and one goofball goal.
1: Well, I think you made a great observation after that first disastrous period where they gave up I think thirty nine shot attempts. Yeah. You know, only like four of them were high danger. Which yeah. you know, that sounds a lot like uh, the past couple of years, Avalanche teams.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it was nine scoring chances overall and four of them were were high danger. And if that's what you're getting off of 39 shot attempts, then, you know, somehow that's working. You know, I I, I hate that that sort of reinforces the Barry sucks on defense crowd, but maybe it does.
1: I'd like to make a correction here. I was exaggerating. It was merely 38 shot attempts.
2: Yeah, it was 34, wasn't it? (laughs)
1: 38 all, yeah. (laughs) 23-5 Twenty-three five on
2: five. <clears throat> um, yeah, that was you know that was tough to watch, um, but it, it it had to have been demoralizing for the Ducks. You have a period like that where you utterly dominate, where the other team spends maybe a minute and a half in the other zone, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't get anything out of it on the scoreboard. I think that was something that the Avs built off of and they, they came back in the second and, and looked pretty good, actually.
1: Really good in the second period. I would love to have been a fly on that wall in the locker room uh, between periods there. That
2: would have been an interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, what could they have said? I mean, I, I'm not sure it was... I mean, it wasn't lazy play, really. It was just It was bad play. But suddenly they just stopped playing bad and they started doing their jobs. I, I can't imagine what someone could say to anyone to have a whole team to stop playing badly like that.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's just a, a matter of the momentum ceasing just for a couple of minutes, Yeah, you know, just to catch their breath and reevaluate. And, you Rebel know, Miko right. Ratton came out really hot in that second period, got a bunch of shots off. Yeah. Um, you know, that line started playing better. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously that kind of evened out again in the third, but, um, what a strange game overall. I think that was one of the weirder games of hockey I've ever witnessed.
0: That was it was really bizarre. Um, and the Avalanche were uh, without Tyson Berry for all that I saw. Like when, did, like I missed this injury somehow. Did it happen during the first period that I missed, or was it? Sometimes? No, he didn't even start. So I just so, didn't know that it happened at all. Cool. What happened? Uh, lower body injury, LBI. Yeah. And
2: Altitude said it was back, but we don't know if that's right or not.
0: It says LBI everywhere that I just Googled. Um, So Altitude saying back is a little strange.
2: Maybe it's his lower back. Maybe it's the
0: back of his
2: leg. Maybe his
1: back is in his feet, and that's why he sucks at hockey, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe
2: that. does anyone wonder if, if not having Rennie Bork out there was sort of a cause for some better play in the second period? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Certainly shook up that top line when we saw, uh, you know, Duchesne move to that right wing for a little bit. Uh, yeah.
2: The blender actually worked. The blender worked. Yeah. But, yeah, Bork left. He, he blocked one of the 468 shots in the first period and, and left him
0: didn't
2: <laughs> act. Yes, uh, you know may, maybe Ducks it's just really s- underrated how bad his effect on his line mates is and perhaps because
1: really it looked like the Ducks just setting up a Gatling gun in the slot there and just peppering the
2: goal was, I mean, the, uh, wing, the wing is a very important position in Pratt and Bednar's uh, defensive scheme you know, we've seen, you know, a couple games ago when Anko fell asleep and, and left the point wide open and boom, there was a goal. Um, you know, a lot of the, the power play or the the penalty kill and defensive zone play is based on the wings being able to cover the points or at least block the lanes. And that's something that, that Bork really isn't that great at.
1: Right. Especially as we're trying to take defensive pressure off of, you know, our top two centers who are our best offensive scorers yeah so it's necessary they got to have effective players up there and frankly they have not all season
0: um so speaking of tyson berry his status for tonight is still as far as i know not known
2: um i don't don't think there's any media with the trip so
0: which which means that we'll probably have the full (laughs) trifecta in tonight uh, of uh boshman jelena and Tutin. yeah
1: Right. Which Joe and had the mistake, you know, clearly yeah, he, yeah, gave his, up a goal.
0: Well he no, he broke the glass. And then that was the end of the abs <laughs> momentum.
1: <laughs> that was the other mistake. <laughs> Which great shot by the way. Why don't we use that more often on the power play?
2: I don't know.
0: I, I wish that it was on net, but yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: He kinda he kinda it a little bit. But that's all yeah. right. That happens. It's alright.
2: Uh,
1: impressive velocity though.
0: Yeah. And uh, also, that that game was so wacky that it included Nikita's Zadorov just like laying out Jacob Silverberg, who then he when he fell, his head kind of bounced off the ice, and he doesn't seem to be healthy. But uh, then right. clean hit. Yeah, it was, it was nothing <laughs> wrong with the hit. Um, just just the way the way the guy came down after getting hit. Um, but, that
1: was the way he was trying to avoid it in the or, first place. Yes.
0: But then, uh, Ryan Kessler kind of follows him up the ice and then Zadorov gets in a fight with Ryan Kessler. No, that wasn't Ryan Kessler. That was someone else. Um, so. Manson. So what did we learn, Zidorov? Never listen uh, to Ryan Kessler.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no such thing as a third man in penalty. You know, when you're not a superstar. Like Ryan Kessler, apparently. And, uh. We also learned that you need to be on the ice playing defense for five minutes during the third period. You know, yeah. not, uh, you know, satisfying Mark Rycroft's appetite for fights and standing up for yourself. Yeah. I'm just not interested. I'd rather win that hockey game.
0: That's just a that's a boneheaded decision that you're easily your team's best defenseman on the ice for this game. There's no Eric Johnson. There's no Tyson Berry. You're it, Z.
2: Yep. But did he have a choice? I mean, honestly, Manson yes! threw down his gloves and skated right at him. What's he going to do? Laugh? Not drop his gloves? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> He's going to laugh. Um, you know, I, I, thought,
2: yeah, I thought it would have been cool if he just skated, like, full speed right at Manson with his, you know, with his gloves on and, you know, everything legal and just gave him a huge body check and knocked him into next Tuesday. Right. A couple um, Russian
1: swear words in there and call it good. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it an
0: offensive zone off too? It was. And, I mean, so now you've got a defender who has dropped his gloves and stick, and nothing's happened to the play yet. Go play five on four. That's what you do score a goal. Punish his idiocy.
2: Yeah. I I just, I really hate this having to stand up for yourself when you hit someone legally. Um,. We're not talking about a boarding penalty here. We're not talking
1: about, you know, a stick to the face or something dirty. This is a clean check into the boards, you know, on a rush.
0: Nothing happens yeah, every time. Nothing wrong with this play.
1: The only thing different about it is it came from Nikita Zizdorov, who kills people <laughs> with harmless checks. So,
0: And from the Avalanche, who, for some reason, are always in duck season.
1: That's true. Well, even stranger about that play, I mean, we got to talk about the fight itself, right? I mean, uh, really? yeah, go for it. Well, well, shoot, the guy's jersey wasn't strapped on.
2: Yeah.
0: It should
1: be a game misconduct penalty immediately. Yep. I mean, that fight didn't last because Nikita just grabbed his jersey and it went straight over his head and off. Yep. And, you know, caused him to fall down to the ice. I mean, that's a play that's been that deemed called. dangerous.
2: Yeah. You don't see that called often, but. I mean, I you know Sam Jardine on the Rampage has gotten tossed out of a game for that. Um, sure, it does get called. But I well, the referees even came together and discussed
1: it, and how they didn't come to the conclusion that everybody watching on television did is beyond me. Yeah, I mean that totally swung the momentum of the game.
0: I just have trouble getting too upset about that because the fight shouldn't happen in the first place.
1: Right. I just, uh, both things compounded just uh, are frustrating to watch, especially when you're not seeing a lot of wins.
2: Yeah. Uh, I just, I mean, it makes the Avs look like they're, you know, a younger team getting played by a more experienced one as far as game strategy.
1: I think we're all in agreement there. should not have happened, and no matter how, Often you're goaded by television announcers and commentators. Uh, the fighting in that situation is not the right idea.
0: You're on the road. You're leading in the third period, I think it was. Yeah, it was, it it was either in the first or the second third period. I don't really remember. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was sometime during the 30-minute third period yeah, that yeah. was played after the glasses were placed.
0: Yeah, which, good lord, that by the end of the period, it was like they were skating on just a pile of snow.
1: It was. Uh it was really sloppy.
0: I've seen and, out in the uh, that look better than that. <laughs>
2: We're gonna have the same situation late. tonight. They have horrible ice at the SAP center.
0: Well, fortunately they are starting at seven thirty locals, they've got an extra thirty minutes to figure it out. That's
2: right.
1: <laughs> they even uh stuck pile some more glass for Eric Jelinov.
0: There you go. Put a bullseye on it, right? why not? <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to paint a net onto the glass behind the goal, and they'll miss that one and hit the real one.
2: They'll just <laughs> shoot it higher, though.
1: <laughs> and then we got to start reinforcing the nets for the poor fans up behind
2: the goal. All
0: right, you've convinced me. It's not a good idea.
2: And in this goes this goes with with the rampage too. They shoot high all the time, and hmm. and. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. They had three open nets last night that they had, and two of them were high, and you're just like, dude.
1: Well, it's frustrating. I mean, maybe there's some shot data out there that suggests that you should be shooting high. You've got a better chance of scoring, but one thing that doesn't happen is when the goalie blocks it or you do miss, you don't have any chance at a rebound or a productive ex-
2: rebound. Exactly. If you keep it low, then you're shooting for rebounds. I, I think if you're shooting from the perimeter, which in general, that's where the abs do, that, that you should keep it low and and go for the rebound. I mean, if you shoot or high, I, there's, you, what are you going to do with that?
1: Yeah, or if nothing else, I mean, shooting at torsos is a lot more difficult than shooting through legs, is it not? Is that not more air? Yeah, legs are tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Depending
2: on who you are. Not if yeah. you're Martin San Luis. But. No, but legs are more mobile, but they they are smaller, so right you should be able to get it through there a lot easier i mean it's like
1: the old golf aphorism you know shoot through the trees because they're 90 percent air right
0: (laughs) and also if you never worked for me, me. yeah it doesn't work for me either um if you but if you do hit a leg then i mean you can renee
2: borkum out of the game right
0: yeah You, you can basically just like collect the puck and then shift over a little bit and do it again
2: yeah we should be the guys breaking other people's legs
0: but my point is that, like, the, you, if the puck goes off the defender's leg, he's probably at least going to go down. And if the puck goes off the defender's torso, they're pretty protected.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, keep either low. way. Keep it low. I
1: mean, when you have to shoot with a stick, you know, near the ice, I think it behooves you to keep the puck low. I mean, we're, you know... Your teammates can follow through on whatever you didn't finish. Just makes sense.
2: No, I think they should do the Willie Mays haze treatment for that. If you shoot it above the top of the goal at any point, then you have to go do push-ups. There you go. Yeah.
0: Just keep a running total. Do yeah. we
1: also need to put Stan Kroenke in like one of those like removable poster board things? <laughs> like now uh, we're talking. Like <laughs> like the Indians <laughs> owner.
0: Yeah.
1: Strip him down to stand and a thong.
2: Have Iggy the... and <laughs> Iggy saying it's bad to mess with Iggy's rum. <laughs> <laughs> Is Joe Boo the Stick God too.
1: <laughs> Hats, <robots. laughs> hey Iggy, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, need something, man. That... I'm willing to contrive a hockey god for the Avalanche if they just entertain me a little more, right? I'm going to have to win at this point. i got low expectations.
0: <laughs> and and that's something that I've actually been pretty high on this this week is despite uh, losing both games in crushing fashion if you want them to win, um, that has been pretty entertaining hockey to watch. And I did miss the first against Anaheim, but it's been pretty entertaining from what I've seen. Exciting, lots of goals, lots of actual hockey played.
1: Right, I would completely agree with that. I mean, uh, the team had played better this week without the results.
0: I've had yeah. one request for a lot of this this debacle of a season since it fell off the cliff, which is be watchable. And they've done that this week and I am pleased. Right, and, and, and it's done mostly so been the cl- accidentally picking up points. Right. Which
1: matters. <laughs> it does matter. <laughs> you're gunning for that really uh, shallow top end of the draft and uh, you got to be in the top two, probably we've decided. So go for it. Give yourself a good odds.
2: Um, Yeah. And and besides that there, you know, there's positive signs. Uh, Big Z's played really well the last couple of games. That's been really fun to watch. I mean, other than the heinous turnover at the end of the game, um, you know, he's, he's looked fantastic. So, right,
1: uh, core players too. I mean, uh, the two guys getting talked about have had really, really two solid games recently. Uh, Matthew Shane and Gabriel Landeskog would probably be my top two picks of the week, performance-wise. Yeah,
2: and yeah, I, totally. I, I don't know what I don't know why Landy's suddenly playing better. I mean, people have speculated that he's finally healthy for the first time in what two three seasons, if if that's indeed the case. But um, you know he's looking better than he has in a long time, and that's really good to see.
1: And putting pucks in the net. I mean, it's not just uh, possession stats. It's not you know secondary assist. I mean, these are goals, and yeah. you know,
2: well, he's he's also projecting power if you want to call it that. You know, he's he's starting to create space again, which is something that he wasn't doing up until you know two weeks ago.
1: Right. He's projecting power without getting in silly fights and taking bad penalties. And, you know, uh, he's projecting power
2: offensively. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if he's not creating space for his line mates, I mean, he's just, you know, he's just a grinder. So when you have Gabe Landeskog able to create space for, you know, Matt Duchesne this week, um. You know, that allows Dutch to have a little more time and space, and, and that's exactly what he needs because, I mean, you g- you give DeShane time and space, good things are going to happen. Yep.
0: So do we have a third star of the week?
2: Uh, give me Zadoroff.
1: besides, uh, you know, the fight. I mean, that guy's still playing like a number one defenseman.
0: Yeah, besides yeah. The, the fight and the pizza that went straight to a goal. Yeah.
1: That one wasn't good either, but, you know. Pizza, by uh, the
0: way, has become my new favorite, like, term for anything.
1: (laughs) Good or bad?
0: I just, I love everything about it. It's just such a colorful little way to describe something awful. Yeah.
1: Could be a verb, could be a noun, could be, you know, adverb, adjective, modifier.
0: Apart from, yeah, apart from those moments, he's been solid.
1: I mean, who else are you going to give it to?
0: Mm, well, you we'll see about that.
1: It's not McKinnon. <coughs> not this week. Nah. Uh, probably not ranting it either.
0: either. Nah, McKinnon's been kind of in solo queue lately, have you guys noticed? I've noticed. Trying to do yeah. everything and being quite unhappy when things don't quite go his way and letting you know about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of the rest of the team...
0: Which, do we need to talk about that? Do we, do we need to, to mention uh, his half a period of benching and why?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't we? Especially to follow up on McKinnon's half a period of benching the, what, two games prior?
0: I, okay, who are you talking about? Because that's who I was talking about.
1: Oh. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, I mean, I was yeah. talking about Renton. Didn't he
2: kind of oh. miss some time, too? Yeah, he got benched the next game. Um, Z also got benched in that game, and also Iggy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am absolutely down for anti-toxicity benchings if that's what's going on. Yeah, um, I want to preface this by saying um, I'm probably going to devolve into coughing in the middle here. Um, but I also want to preface it by saying that I don't think this is even remotely a big deal. Um, no, because I've I've played in competitive environments. And sometimes everything goes wrong, and you just lose your temper. It happens It happens to the best teammates. It does not matter. Um, so apparently McKinnon was briefly benched for going off on some teammate, and we don't know who it was, and the people who are in a position to know who it was uh, won't tell us and probably shouldn't. Oh,
1: that shouldn't get out.
0: Um, so that happens you're you're in a really frustrating situation you feel like you're doing your job well whether that's true or not you feel like you are and you see things falling apart around you you I mean people that people go off when that happens it's not good it's not helpful I'm not I'm not trying to excuse it I'm just like it's, but not, it's, not, big big complacency it's right. not
1: complacency either it's not
0: complacency
1: and I think that's also important I don't want these guys being complacent about what's happening around them. Perhaps there's more productive ways to express that, but I, I like a few things about this. I mean, one, I like the team being mad because I think previous Avalanche teams that have been bad have been complacent. They've been inert. You know, they've just kind of rode out the rest of the season. Um, the second part I like is Jared Bednar taking control of his team and asserting himself with these benchings.
0: Yes.
1: Um, that, to me, is the coach that's, you know demonstrating the leadership that he'll be utilizing going forward
0: on Um, that's something else I want to see on BSN avalanches podcast um AJ said basically the exact same thing I like that McKinnon you know stood up and said this isn't going to fly and and I like that Bender that that Bender benched him for it so I mean yeah
2: I mean I I think Mac is going to be you know a better leader coming out of this I mean it's 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 not great that it but it in, in the scheme of things, if he's going to become a leader on this team going forward, um, I, you know, I think it's a good lesson for him to learn that that's not how you express yourself when things are going poorly. Right. And I, I've seen a lot of people criticize the benchings and saying, you know, Oh, JB's not really, you know, he doesn't have a handle on the team. He doesn't, you know, he's just poor at everything. But, <clears throat> No, that's how you I
1: get a handle on the he's team. He's sort of that's
2: saying, this is how things are going to be, and right. we're not going to have any of that.
1: You know, when the dog shits on the carpet, you whack him on the nose. You know, let's uh, make this clear of how these things work. Yeah. I mean, this is how you train a team to, you know, play and conduct themselves in your image. Yeah,
2: and, it, you know, he also said it either in the – right after press conference or the next day's press conference that they discussed it after uh, afterwards, after the game. And that everything was, you know, everything was okay between them and, you know, the matter's closed. And that's important. Like if you just bench the guy and say, you're like, don't do that, dude. And, you know, that's, that's not helpful. Right. You know, if you're trying I mean, to get, get Ken came
1: out too and said, he got the points. Yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. it was the quote, which that's clear. He got yeah. the point.
2: If you're grooming this kid to be a leader of your team, you know, that that's this is a good leadership discussion to have.
0: <sighs> it's just, it's ultimately, it's not the big deal that people have tried to make it out to be. Um, it, it, no one is a locker room cancer here. I mean, this is just a thing that sometimes happens. I mean, even if you just play games online, if you lose it and get, you know, go off on somebody, there's a good chance that, that the game has a system to shut you down for a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's the same exact thing. You're, you're going to get a few minutes of a ban. It happens. So M- McKinnon catches a benching for like 10 minutes and then has a nice conversation, I'm assuming, later with, with the coach and with the object of his affection and says, Hey, look, you, you got a valid point. Don't say it that way
1: we'll fix this (laughs) a lot of these guys won't be on the roster next year
0: (laughs) right (laughs) right arena um so mckinnon did a thing uh who else did a thing this week that we might not be so happy about
1: hmm i mean farlamov giving up six goals (laughs) And getting injured yet again, I don't really like that.
2: Yeah, um, I you know it sounds like this he, whatever is wrong with his man muscle has been going on for quite a while, probably a couple seasons while, and it, it sounds like he's either <clears throat> been offered the option of surgery and hasn't taken it and. You know, it just doesn't seem like anything else is working. I, I guess they're going to try yet another course of treatment until after the All Star break.
1: But you know what? Troy Tulowitzki had problems with groin injuries for years, and finally got surgery on that, and hasn't had any problems since. Yeah. Granted, he's not the same player he was when he's younger, but that's probably due to aging too. But he hasn't had the upper leg problems that he's had, you know, for his last few years with the Rockies. Um, yeah, I would mean, recommend that course of action. You you
2: have to you have to try the nuclear option, I guess. Um, you know, and and at the press conference where it was announced, Bednar just looked really over it. Um, it's got to be very frustrating as a coach to see your starting goaltender, who should be your number one in playing fifty to sixty starts a year, getting paid like it too, minutes, get messed up and and leave for another couple of weeks. Um, right.
1: I mean, at least the team in a position they don't want to be in, which is calling up a young goaltender and giving them starts. I mean, I'm sure they probably would have been happy to leave the entire team attacked in the AHL this year, with the NHL team playing well. But that's just not the way it's working out.
2: Yeah. But I mean, as a coach, you just you know, I, I'm you just need a little bit of certainty in the net. You know, one way or the other, like either Varley's gone for the rest of the year or Varley's fine, but not Varley might be okay for a few games, then we'll see. I mean, that's just, that's really hard to you know, plan around. It's a lot of roster moves. Yeah. But yeah, it's this is going to be a good look into the future. He's totally ready for it, and the team isn't here, but I don't think the team's ready for anything, and so... Yeah, but these looks into the future
1: are inherently entertaining for fans like us, and, uh, you know, I, I want to see these things sporadically. I want to see players that could contribute next year getting shots you know towards the end of the season
2: well apparently down at the 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 rampage had a meeting between the players and the season ticket holders uh, a day or two ago Mm. and someone was talking to duncan and he said there was going to be some big changes coming soon really yeah hopefully for him in particular i hope so too yes um but so, and, and AJ has alluded to this a couple of times over the past month or two. Um, right.
1: I mean, know. we're past that halfway point in the season. You know, we're not going to get guys playing over 40 games, you know,
2: Yeah. making I mean, themselves all eligible. All you need for, to do is clear room. Everybody's going to be finishing up their organizational meetings right before the all-star break. So pretty much every team is going to have their plan about what they want to do between now and the deadline locked in and, you know, Start a little wheeling and dealing and creating a little space on the roster and, you know, get the guys that we want to look at up for s- some games, lots of games, whatever it may be.
0: So hold on to your butts for that. Um, what else been going on at the Rampage level?
2: Uh, they're in a little bit of a slump. Uh, Boo. Yeah, they've lost six in a row with only two points. Um, I don't know, they would Scoring has dropped off dramatically. I'm, I'm not sure what's wrong. <clears throat> Last night we had this weird situation of Coach Veiu falling in love with a player that he used to coach in Bay Como, which is Felix Girard, who we got in the, the Cody McLeod deal. But he he's basically Rene Bork, or sorry, Gabriel Bork, with. A slightly different skill set, but very much the same. Very defensive, good PK, yada, yada, yada. Um, but th- those guys together with Rocco, they were the third line in name only, but they played probably 25 minutes. Ooh. And, you know, Whoa. I, I understand they have a lot of energy. Uh, they work well in the defensive zone. They're good at getting the puck out more or less. But they're not offensive players, so once they get it into the offensive zone, nothing happens.
1: That's what uh, Rocco Grimaldi's for,
2: though, right? (laughs) Well, Rocco's, you know, he's more than happy to carry the puck around all by himself for minutes at a time, but um, it's really tough for him to create all on his own. Uh,
1: As it is for any hockey player. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know, in today's professional ranks. Yeah, you've basically got a puck hog with two puck retrievers, and you know that's it's just it's 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 a good possession strategy, but it's not a good scoring strategy. Which happens to be their problem. Got shut out last night, right? Yep, yep, they did. Now we did, we had blender going and weird lines and all kinds of stuff, but nothing worked.
0: How has the Avalanche made it all the way to almost February now and no one has said bender blender yet?
2: Because <laughs> he's not that bad about blendering.
0: And when he yeah, is, it's because the team obviously needs it.
2: Yeah. He's more he's he's more of a bench shortener rather than a blender.
0: Yeah, you're probably right about that. Which is yeah. which is why John Mitchell plays with a minute and a half to go when you're down a goal. But anyway, rampage. Oops.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Patrick was a line blender. I, I think Bender's more of a, a bench shortener. You know, he, he when when it becomes crunch time, you see like seven or eight guys that get most of the minutes on the on the forward core. But. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. One thing I think might be happening in San Antonio as well the Avs had their organizational meetings this week, and I think they were in Southern California somewhere. And I think they wanted to see a few guys that they wanted to make decisions on going forward. And they wanted to see sort of some different line combinations. Sort of, someone said, like, all right, they put Mike Sislo with Greer and in Comfer instead of Rocco Grimaldi last night, and, and someone just made the joke that they're just preparing him to work with Iggy. <laughs> and, and that makes sense. And in some some of what they're doing with the defensive pairs, like putting Begra with Matt Clark, who's old and slow, you know, maybe that's <laughs> setting him up to play with Boschman.
1: Oh, uh, my God. <laughs>
2: <ugh>. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not replace him? <laughs> so so there, there may be some situational... Uh, pairings and lines that they're doing down there that that are sort of geared towards call ups more than winning games. But well, I mean, yeah. and we
1: strip out any you know sort of <coughs> you know chance that the line made or the pairing made is you know increasing their production. You know, we're isolating them to get a better observation, right? Yeah. Okay, like, hey, go do this on your own for a little while, so we can see exactly how good you are.
2: Yeah, like, and Duncan's been playing with Boykov all year, and they've been a really effective pair. And now that they've got Duncan playing with Cody Corbett, who's really poor defensively, makes lots of mistakes, but he's pretty decent offensively. So maybe they're gearing him up to play with Tyson Berry or Weirkosh, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, there's some logic to that. I don't know. It's it might be just wishful thinking, but. It seems, it seems like there's too many of those for it to just be a, a coincidence so who do we want to see the defensive pairings being like a
1: month from now like ideally if you guys were to create your ideal defensive pairings you know 1 through 6
0: how limited by reality are we
2: <laughs> i don't know man it's a podcast it's pretty serious mm. all right top line zej for sure right you think he's back in a month See, yeah.
0: See, I was gonna say EJPK, but he told me we had to be real. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, using existing assets.
0: Okay, okay yeah. existing assets, which is a, a little bit sketch because you don't know who they might bring. <clears throat> excuse me, where they who they might bring in in a week.
2: True. Um, then second pairing would be Duncan and Barry, and third pairing would be Bigraw and Bosch, or Toots.
0: Bigraw <laughs> and the revolving door, basically. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'd rather – I mean, Bigger and Weirkosh would probably be better, but it, that's just so soft, I don't think that would work at all.
0: That's pretty scary, especially yeah. against, like, the Winnipegs of the world.
2: Yeah. Because um, neither Chicago, of those guys – go for it. <laughs> yeah, neither of those guys are any good at one-on-one puck battles or things like that. So that would just uh, – you know, you could play them in the offensive zone, but anywhere else it would be massive destruction.
0: When do you think hmm. we might start seeing uh, lineups that look more like that?
2: I mean, it all depends on when the Avs can find some deals to make. I mean, I, you know, like I just said, everyone's getting their their plans for the up to the deadline together. So I think over the next few weeks we're going to start seeing deals. I mean, you look at what wasn't the wasn't the FNUF deal last year, early February. That uh, sort of that was I
0: last year. Sort
2: of, was it last year? I'm just trying to think I, of.
0: I honestly don't remember.
2: yeah i mean i know i know the jones johansson deal was early january but there that was kind of isolated
0: senators acquire finnuff in nine player trade february 9th 2016
2: okay so i I think you know what once the all-star break is over and everyone's you know back into the swing of things uh we'll start seeing some of these deals hopefully i mean yeah, you know, some of the. I think a lot of the rental guys, it's going to be right up to the deadline. Like I, you know, unless someone's just dying for Iggy right now, I, I don't see them wanting to do that deal until the day before the deadline. Um, yeah, I think we've got a better chance of seeing uh,
1: the Teutons and Comos of the Avalanche start heading out. I think that's your first wave.
2: Yeah. Now, if they're going to do a Duchesne deal, I think that. Would be, be I, I think that would be earlier in the month. You know, it's like if, if Carolina's really dying to, to give us Anafin or, or Slavin for for Duchene. Um, I think that could happen in the next couple of weeks.
1: I don't want to see that happen. I may be a minority among Avalanche fans at this point, but I still don't want to see that trade.
2: I mean, I hate to give up Duchesne, but I, you know. I just don't think this defense is viable going forward.
0: I I don't want to see that trade, but it's not a fandom deal-breaker for me like it used to be.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm wavering on that more than I probably was previously, but still, that'd be really tough for me.
0: I just think it resets the rebuild too much, because, I mean... Your 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 problem is lack of scoring depth and specifically forward depth. And so, like, how are you going to replace that even in the next few years?
1: <laughs>
0: you're, you're, you're hoping the imaginary awesomeness pans out at this point.
1: Right. You're hoping one of those top draft picks that you're almost certain to get at this point is that guy that can replace Duchesne. And I don't see – I don't – I mean, I, I could see them possibly – matching production but i don't see them matching duchene
2: ceiling yeah but you look at a lot of teams that don't seem to be very gifted scoring wise and 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 that have some really good defense they don't seem to have problems with depth players scoring a lot yeah so i I just i think a rising tide would lift all boats if we got ourselves some some true top four d-men you know, it looks like Z is going to be that guy going forward. We hope he's really showing signs that that's going to be the case. Um, but it's still—I mean—it's going to be a couple of years before he's really in his prime.
0: Yeah, I—I th- I th- I really think Zodorov's physical game is there. It's just the, between the ears at this point.
2: Yeah. You know, he's just, and, and that's, that's what everyone says. The difference between 200 pro games and 400 pro games is, is, is the experience. Yep.
1: Or a 21 year old defenseman and a 25 year old. Yeah. I mean We still forget how young he is. Cause he's, you know, been in the league, what, four years now, but.
2: And he's I mean, so huge.
1: So big. We <laughs> starting to figure that out now too.
0: <laughs> so, um, speaking of, uh, what was I speaking of? Uh, imaginary awesomeness. Um, Tyson Jost was uh, on our TVs not too long ago, and I don't think any of us watched him because we're all hashtag bad fans. But uh, got hurt, crashed into the net.
2: Yeah, he was on... the North Dakota is on CBS Sportsnet, if you get that every once in a while. But <laughs> he, he scored a goal in the first period last night and then crashed into the net and left the game. and He might be... <coughs> He might be back in today. He might not. We'll see. Um, Just a flash. Some other good prospect news last night. Nick Melosh um, was traded to Charlottetown, and he scored an overtime goal for his new new team. And he's now, I think, third in the queue for goals by defensemen. So with him turning pro next year, that's a really good sign. Uh, JC Bodin had an assist last night. He's now eighth in the in scoring for the Q. And he's he's around a point and a half a game. So, I'm you know, shabby. Yeah, we've we've got a, a, a couple of guys there that that really look like they're going to be able to. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to help next year, but you know, they'll turn pro next year and at least be options probably by a year from now.
1: Right, they'll turn into our HL depth that team still sorely needs. Yeah. Do you watch enough Milash to get a feel for his upside?
2: No, I, I'm going to start soon, but um, I I, I want to watch towards the end of the season more than I want to watch the early season. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it. <clears throat> Yeah, junior juniors is kind of up and down while you're at this time of year there's a lot of guys out because of uh, the world juniors and injuries and whatnot. once you get to like February and March it really starts ramping up mm-hmm.
0: Well, as we start approaching some of the uh, lower bounds on our time restraints today should we jump into next week Okay, let's do it. Starting tonight, the Avalanche are in San Jose for an 8.30 Mountain Start on Altitude 2, the Ocho, against the Sharks. Um, so look out for Matt Nieto, who is from Long Beach, don't you know? To um, He is? have a not know. Show, maybe have a strong showing against his, uh, his former team. Then <coughs> on Monday, uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Start at home on NBC Sportsnet, um, the Sharks come oh. to Denver themselves. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck with... with uh, With that, Um, but that's the second game of a home and home, and um, Long Beach native Matt Nieto against his former team. I don't know Mm. if you guys have heard he's from Long Beach. Um, Is he? Then on Wednesday, the Vancouver Canucks come to town. That's a thirty start, seven thirty local, and it is on altitude. After that, we got the All Star break. So, Nathan McKay. More breaks. uh, Yeah, (laughs) vacations. Nathan McKinnon taking aim at the uh, fastest skater numbers, I hope.
1: Yep, putting
2: Dylan Larkin in his place.
0: Yeah, fuck that guy.
2: I'd like to see him give McDavid a run for his money.
0: I actually have no idea um, how I do or should feel about Dylan Larkin. <laughs> Just to make that clear.
2: He's fast, but really not not that good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, if if the final uh, if if the final fastest skater comp comes down to Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid, that would be something awesome. else.
1: Yeah. And Probably more entertaining than the actual All Star game.
0: I could see them both break the record. I could see you break the record and lose that that that, that race.
2: And also yeah, tune into that. the uh, AHL All Star game, which will feature Definitely A.J. Greer, and they haven't haven't announced a replacement for Marty yet, so I think he's still going to go because the Avs are off uh, until the 31st, and the uh, AHL All-Star game is on the 30th. Yeah,
0: he could easily go for that.
2: Yeah. Um, And that will be broadcast. uh, The skills comp is on the 29th, and the game is on the 30th, but they will both be on altitude or altitude 2 as well as you know what whoever would broadcast AHL games in your area like Fox Sports Southwest or um, <laughs> any of the regionals
1: so good for them man Avs yeah. getting uh, young players in the All-Star game even the AHL level gives yeah. you hope I mean that's two rookies
2: in a row right I mean two um, 19 yeah, year Miko olds went last year. yeah and they do they do for the game they do the actual I think they do sort of like the same format as the NHL with three-on-three three games. Hmm. So it's not boring 5v5 five, five, five hockey.
1: We don't see a lot of 19-year-olds in uh, all-star games at the HL level, do we?
2: No. <laughs> I mean, pretty rare. Yeah. I mean, there's just not that many in the league.
0: <laughs> I love protest signs. Um, so three games this week, um, starting tonight. Um, San Jose have the second best goal differential in the West, behind Minnesota by a lot, who have a very good goaltender playing behind Bruce Boudreaux's systems, Um, and if Bruce Boudreaux does one thing, that's win regular season games. And then Vancouver, who continue to surprise everyone by being even in the playoff conversation. That is true. So what do you think? That's
1: why they should trade for all the Avalanche before that game. And, Carter uh,
2: Hutton for Iggy, you betcha. <laughs> You're going to
1: need that scoring to put you over the top, Vancouver. You betcha. Do man. it.
0: Yep. You need that power Grit play six. specialist.
1: Grit per 60. Yeah, he's a All tough right, here's,
0: player. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so here's my first prediction.
0: Okay.
1: A uh, 60 save shutout for Spencer Martin tonight against the San Jose Sharks. Whoa. <laughs>
2: Just announce your presence to the NHL with a bang. Do it.
0: Oops, I woke my dogs up with that. Sorry, he
2: Stops Brent Burns on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Two seconds. And then stare in. him down afterwards. And,
0: and then Brent Burns is so shook by this, he goes down to the other end and just scores on his own net. Yeah, that's and right. One-nothing. Shaves his beard in shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If that's the outcome, it can be a 59 save almost shutout. All
1: right. <laughs> Keep the beard. Uh Got to diet pink.
0: <laughs>
2: Dog Baby <damn> blue. <laughs> I'm st- I think we'll be Vancouver. I mean, that's just. Jeez. Playing well lately. I mean, it's. I thought this was going to be an easy one, but no. Nah. Well, Daniel just yeah. got a thousand points, so maybe he's just going to take the whole rest of the week off. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: The
2: rest no, of is, the career no, off.
0: I've never been able to keep them straight. Is Daniel passy or shooty, Sadine? He's shooty. Daniel
2: is shooty, yeah. Okay.
0: So where where's passy Sadine in points then?
2: I think he passed 1,000 a while ago. Did he? Yeah.
0: Let's find out.
1: Well, I mean, you had to have assisted on 85% of those
0: <laughs> points
1: that
2: <laughs> Daniel <laughs> had, so.
0: Um, he has. I clicked
2: on the wrong one. I think it was funny. They asked Daniel if he was going to have any family for his thousand point and yada yada yada. He's like, "All uh,
0: right, you, you guys Hank, have lost your mind." It's it's Hendrick that has a thousand <laughs> points. Daniel has nine sixty
2: eight. Okay. All right, so Passy has it, but Shooty is getting there.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they'll have some family in town. No, <laughs> <laughs> they asked him if he's going to have any family in town. He's like. Well, Daniel's going to be there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we're flying him in.
0: <laughs> we're flying him in from the bench.
1: We'll uh, give him an honorary uniform to put on, too. Uh, Terry Fry is reporting burial will be a game-time decision.
0: Okay. So so
1: awesome. not long-term, thankfully.
0: That's That's good, and it also means that we don't
1: It's also reporting that Bork is out. So
0: hey, pray,
2: praise whomever you praise. How about that? Maybe Mac won't have to yell at anybody.
0: Maybe the uh... no tip-in
2: goals, though no tip-in goals.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe the team will uh, actually have some someone in the top six who's skating on the wing.
2: I don't know. It's probably going to be Gregoranko. So. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not
1: that's not that much
2: sound, That sounded like audible heartburn <laughs> <laughs> they could put Colborn there sure sure
0: at this point
2: for half a period
0: at, at this point who are you gonna put there like whoever you put there is just audible heartburn so you have to you have to basically choose one here so, I honestly
2: you... like to see him put Colborn there I mean would you, you rather know. get
0: punched in the left arm or the right arm
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> hey, anything but the face.
0: All right. So, um, my predictions for this week. Uh, I think we get at least one Matt Nieto goal, don't you? Ooh. Sure. I
1: yeah, so. I mean, that's the rule,
0: right? Yeah. I also I, I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and call a win tonight. I'm going to call Spencer Martin beginning his career with a win, whether it's a good performance from him or not.
2: You guys are making me irrationally exuberant. All right. Win tonight. Okay. About, I'm going to predict we win tonight and against the Canucks.
0: Ooh. I do want to caution everyone, though, that tonight's game has all the makings for a disaster. Okay? <laughs> for one, it's a Saturday game so you have to give up part of your weekend to watch. For two, it's an extraordinarily late start, so you're already inconvenienced to watch it. Um, For three, brand new goaltender. Um, For four, may or may not have Tyson Berry. Um, And for five, Starks are a pretty good team. So there's a lot of setup here for us to be like, all right, let's go watch this game on a Saturday night, super late, oh well, and then but i don't think that's gonna happen i'm just saying it's possible
2: the team's gonna rally around marty and it's just gonna go big
0: yeah they're they're gonna tell san jose that our martin is superior to your martin because he has a first name (laughs) unlike martin jones who's starting for the sharks and has two last names
1: can't trust those guys.
0: Are we out of predictions?
1: I yeah, I think so. I, have- I can't predict any more wins, so <laughs> I'm just going to stop right up there.
0: Are we out of steam? Uh, I think not 10 people
2: in Vancouver? Nope. It's a happen. scheduled win. Is Last game was win? the All-Star break? Oh, yeah. They're not going to be
0: looking
2: yeah. past that. Yeah, I guess the team
1: in the
0: playoffs <laughs> does have to overlook the poor avalanche, right? Yeah, they'll be, they'll be looking ahead to their vacation. <coughs> Trying to suck up the right. dispensary on the way out of town, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
0: right, well, whatever the Canucks do on their way out of town on Wednesday, you know you can find out here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for putting up with whatever the hell my voice is doing. Um, and, uh... Hopefully, the Avs win tonight. Um, whatever happens, we'll talk about it here on the show next week, which you can follow um, at milehighhockey.com or at SoundCloud on soundcloud.com slash milehighhockey or on MixCloud at mixcloud.com slash podcast. SoundCloud is also Mile High Hockey Podcast. That's twice in a few weeks I've done that. Um, keep us in your iTunes. Keep us in your RSS catcher. Um, you can follow the site at milehighhockey.com or facebook.com slash milehighhockey or at Twitter at milehighhockey. Um... So we will see you someday during the uh, All Star Weekend. That'll probably be back to a Monday release. But we'll see you. Uh, see you next week. It Joe Joe Surely that's
1: gotta
2: be it.
0: So in in the hunt for certainty, we'll go for uh, a, a guy's first NHL start.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, which we're all excited about. So
2: I'm excited. He's a good kid.
0: His eyes are so small. I don't understand. Like, he, it's, like what? He has, yeah, yeah, it's like he's got, the like, a 6'5 dude's face and a 5'9 dude's eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's weird.
0: <laughs> well, he, he did that the interview with Altitude um, during the Anaheim game, and I was just looking at him like, something is odd about this face. I can't figure out what it is. And then finally it occurred to me that either his cheeks are huge or... Or his eyes are small.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, it helps him peer through those goalie masks better, you know?
0: Sure, that's how light works. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: an adaptation uh, genetically to goalie-ish. Right.
0: But anyway. don't <clears throat> um.